0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Coming up, we'll talk about the Sopping Wet stalemate from this weekend. We'll catch up with our friends at South Oakland United. We'll break down your thoughts on a new segment for the show and more. Let's go.
1: I think that's a great question.
2: Now we gotta get into the nitty-gritty
0: oh, Yes! Oh. That was a tough one, man. That took me literally three tries to get through that <laughs> opening. I don't know why, but uh yeah. Whew. Sopping, soaping. Guys, how was uh, so what, what, what were you trying how, to how say? Was, what was I wait what? Huh?
2: What were you trying Ooh. to say? It was sopping? Soaping? What?
0: S- sopping, sopping. This is wet. a great start. Yeah, Let's know. just start. Let's just start talking about stuff. <laughs> uh, this is I what gonna, the people want so, I I was gonna ask how your Easter went, Josh. You were in Ohio, weren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. I drove to Ohio on Friday and we stayed two nights and then came back uh Sunday, like afternoonish. Uh so yeah, just a little trip to home to see the family and hang out on on easter have way too much food i feel like that's all i do every time i go home it's just like get fed way too much and then be like why did i eat that much and then come home
0: see okay so i have a theory about this i was talking to my wife about this earlier um i'm trying we're supposed to go to the beach this summer and i'm trying to be responsible and sort of watch what i eat up to that point i don't know why but anyway my mom always gets us oh hi mom. She always gets us a ton of candy. Um and I'm always like, oh, like I love the candy, but like do I eat it? My new theory is I'm better off eating all of the candy at once because like my body will just be like, "Uh, oh, what are you doing?" and then like you purge it and then you're done. Not like purge like in a bad way. Like I'm not, you know. This is this is we're all over the place today. But anyway, but that's better than, like, saving it and having a little bit of candy each day. And, like, so that's my theory. So today I ate, like, like 20-some caramel bunnies because I was like, I don't want to throw them out, but I don't want to, like, keep eating a little bit every day. So we're just going to plow through it and do it. And uh, maybe that's why I'm all over the place right now. It's just tons of caramel and sugar
3: you have kids why don't you just give it to the kids i mean they're gonna enjoy the candy anyway or it's like you you don't want to give it to the kids that's like even
0: worse they they've been doing nothing but eating candy all day so like yeah, it's, yeah exactly it's just a little bit more candy for them i mean it's fine <laughs> out of sight out of mind just give it to by the, the by three, like you're good yeah, like it. it evens it's fine. kev did you overeat it all this weekend or did you guys take it easy
2: I actually did. I made pancakes Sunday morning and had about like six. It was great.
0: (laughs) And that's the end of that story. Good story, Cap. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I don't know. All right. So let's mark it.
2: April 22nd. 2019, officially the worst Mongols podcast we've ever done. Sorry, uh, South Oakland United, because this is this is a great interview. We've already done it. We've already recorded it. I don't know where it's being dropped in, but this is a terrible intro.
0: <coughs> worst slash best episode we've ever done. This is where we're at. Yeah, depending on you know, on what it's you think. funny because. Because we ran a poll, and we we're going to talk about this earlier, and uh, I asked, you know, for a new segment, what would people like? And the thing that got the least amount of votes was the non-soccer ramble, and that's how we start the show. <laughs> so let's just move I on. Wonder um, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> we're why. So it, yeah. We're so good at it, guys. We're so good at it. Guys, the Hounds drew 0-0 to St. Louis. Um, takeaways from this game. Kev, give me a Takeaway.
2: Um, okay, so I, I usually like to start with a, with the a lineup and talk about the lineup, um, and I think uh, playing Dabo higher up the field is a good kind of symbolic, I don't know, representation of this game, um, at, at least how Lily approached it tactically. I thought it was pretty interesting. I think w- when they tweeted out the starting lineup, um, I didn't believe it. I was like, yeah, no, they'll play like Dabo sitting alongside Zio, and, and Forbes will push higher, and it'll be like a four-two-three-one or something. Um, but no, Dabo was right there behind DeSantos. Um, and I think they, they tried to, to, to press high. I mean, it, it didn't seem like most of the time they would let the center backs have it, but as soon as it went out to the fullbacks or as soon as they, they tried to, you know, to play, um, we pressed. And, and that's the reason why you, you put Dabo higher up the field because Dabo has the energy and the work, re- and the work rate and the, and the wherewithal and the, you know, the soccer brain to know, when to close, how to close, you know, how to kind of hunt in packs and all that kind of stuff. I think it worked relatively well. Um, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things where when you're playing uh, an opposition team where uh, that like to play a bit more direct, um, you know, you, you want to stop the balls from source. You don't want to let them play direct. And so, I mean, it, it makes sense, you know, to kind of, Deploying that tactic, and you know, it, we get the shutout. I think we hold them relatively well as far as chances created. Um, so I thought that was a it was an interesting tactic that we haven't seen so far this season. Granted, the season's still young, but um, it was different, and I think it, it it paid off pretty well.
0: Josh, how about you?
3: Yeah. Um. So I didn't get to watch this game live. Uh. So I knew the score going into uh, the rewatch. Well. the The first time I watched it, the replay of it uh, today and knowing the outcome, I think also helped a little bit because I was able to not be as concerned the whole time I was watching it because it was a a wet game. And usually with these type of games, they're they're just kind of a little bit hectic and you never know when something's just going to slip by the keeper and go in. Uh, It could be like the the softest little lob possible and it could just go in so i was worried about that the whole time i was watching this game like i would have been worried about this the whole time i was watching this game that something like that was going to go on but knowing the the result helped me to kind of like stay calm with that and just watch it and overall i thought we were the better team i mean I, both of us were great defensively i just think the attack was a little bit better on the hound side than it was on st louis's side but with that said uh it wasn't the greatest attack on our side because of the the wet field
2: yeah i mean i agree i think if ever there was a game defined by the weather it was this i mean it was it looked terrible uh, like just watching it on the stream like the amount of rain and everything it was and it had it, it it looked like it affected play um and and i imagine it had to have um especially when you look at like passing accuracy stats and all that kind of stuff i mean even still in the weather i mean you know both teams are on 65 percent which isn't great um although i mean Despite all of that, I think there were periods of time that we actually held on to the ball pretty well. Um, St. Louis let us, uh, especially, like, kind of play around along our back, um, along our defense. But I, I think we, we showed patience, especially earlier on in the first half, um, to, to kind of wait and probe. And and I, and I, just, I want to see more of that, I guess, um, going forward. Uh, and... I think the, the the only kind of criticism I would have is you know we only get one shot on target and Josh as you talked about with the weather and all that kind of stuff I, this was the game to take shots from twenty two twenty five yards just because I mean you know skids off the pitch or it's the ball is wet the goalie you know the goalie might drop it or or not catch it immediately you get a rebound or whatever so I think that would have been my main message kind of telling the players coming out is you know fine let's. We can be patient in our buildup, but as soon as you start getting around the 18-yard box, if you have a clear shot, I mean, it's you know this is the game to take it. Um, and so yeah, I, I we should have been walking away this game with like six, seven, eight, nine shots on target, and, and instead we walk away with one shot on target. So I think we missed a, a bit of an opportunity there.
0: I mean, personally, I'm, I'm really surprised to look back at the stats because, Josh, I agree with you. I felt like that we were the better team and we had more opportunities offensively. But, you know, shots inside the box, we had four, they had three. Shots outside the box, it was 3-3. Three, three. Uh, shots on target was 1-1. One, one. We had seven shots in total. They had six shots in total. So, like, they were right there. It just never really felt like it. So it's it was an interesting game. Um, for sure. I wanted to give, give a quick shout to the fans who stuck around in the downpour. Um, you know, kudos to you guys. It's one thing, you know, the players, it's sort of like you, you got to be there. You got to play as miserable as it looks. But the fans who stuck around and had the ponchos on and, and toughed it out, um, yeah, good on you. I will say, I mean, we defended, I think, bravely. And I,
2: and I think we did this in the previous game as well um, against Hartford. Uh, but. And so what I mean by that is I think we we risk a bit more numbers forward. And I've already mentioned how we press the ball, but there there were more than more than a couple times where St. Louis would be breaking, and you know last year we would have six guys behind the ball even when the opposition is trying to counter. And now you know we have Greenspan out of Wale, maybe Dover's tracking back, maybe James is. Kind of still tracking back from up the field, and you know, Davos or Vonkyzios entered around there. We're really kind of going man for man, and allowing that to happen, and trusting our defenders when the other team counters against us. And I mean, it's it's worked thus far. Uh, I I hope to see more of it um, because I think you know our players are talented enough. We 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 don't need to rely on defending in numbers anymore. Um, but yeah, I, and so that was that was just a big noticeable change I saw. Especially comparing this team from last year to this year, um, we're we're a bit more brave, I think, in our defending and, and trust that you know we can we can essentially go five like five v five, and and you know trust that we cannot give up a chance, which is which is really good.
0: Well, and two, you know, we we always. I'd say we, I shouldn't say we always, but we often focus on the offense and sort of what the offense is able to do, and we just sort of accept the fact that the defense gets the job done. But we do – I mean, we should give a shout. The defense, you know, I think we've done this on one other show. You know, they did their job. Uh, there were a number of times that Greenspan was stepping into challenges and getting clearances and Adewale recovering. Adewale did a good job of getting out of the way of Brett's shot whenever he was on the ground, even though the keeper made the save. But, uh, you know, he was there. He was in the mix with it. So, you know, I thought they did a good job. Um, and so, you know, we don't, we don't want that to be overlooked. Um, Kev, you know, when we were heading into this game, I think Josh and I both sort of predicted a win in this one. We were sort of talking about the the three-game span of Hartford, this game, and Nashville. And uh, and I think you said you would take seven points overall, and you were expecting a draw in this game. Weather aside, was this sort of how you were envisioning it being played out, or were you expecting something different at home? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, you say weather aside, but, yeah, I, I think it's hard to say that <laughs> because I think it was it was so defined by the weather. So, no, I mean, this isn't exactly how I expected it to play out. But, um, you know, yeah, St. Louis is a really good side. They They have three shutouts already. I mean, four if you count this game. But going into this game, they've had three shutouts in the season. Um, they're a good team. They're they they were top of the East for a reason. I, are they still top of the East? I I, I don't know. Yeah, they that. are, yeah. but they also have a
3: game in hand for, on most teams, oh, okay. and it's only seven games in. So stop looking at the table. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> gives us it gives us content to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's th- this was a this was a good team, and and yeah, I mean, I expect I was hoping that we would have a go. I think we generally did, given given the weather, and I think yeah, St. Louis defended stoutly and um yeah it, it it's it isn't the worst this isn't the worst result especially in you know subdued atmosphere you know it, it had it has to be weird for you know the likes of i don't know dos santos um and valarde where you play your first game at highmark and it's like oh this is crazy this is nuts this is great and then next week you know the weather kind of drives everyone away and you know I, I don't know the official attendance numbers but it had to have been you know a severe fraction of it um <laughs> Yeah, I
3: think it's officially like 2,100, but you also got to remember that that was... Uh, what they sold, or what people came in, but then they delayed the game an hour. So mm-hmm. how many of those people yeah. left after the, you know, they always right. announced that there was a delay. Most of them did. Right. So I think by the time you get down to it, it's probably less than a 1,000. But, you know, an hour delay, and then it's pouring down rain. So what do you expect?
2: Yeah, no, I, oh, and that's the other thing. I, I By no means do I want to, like, knock the fans here or anything like that, but, I mean, I kind of want to just quickly reiter- reiterate my my point from, from last week. I mean, if you watched this game on the stream... I mean, it's. I don't know. For me, it's undeniable, the the kind of point making of like, you know, the, this the USL is a better product when you have passionate fans in the stadium, creating a better atmosphere. And, and once again, this isn't a knock on the fan. I mean, that's it was terrible weather and all that kind of stuff is delayed. That's that's tough. I, I I you know, but but it, it's an example where it's like ah, you know you're watching it. It's like yeah, this is a game you could have probably. Missed and been fine, been
0: fine about. I mean, to sort of reiterate that a little bit, um, I think Tuffy retweeted, somebody was saying that they were in the box or they they ended up getting a box for this game. So they were inside and even weather aside and delay aside, there was a number of them who had never been to a Hounds game before. And they were immediately already asking about tickets for another game. What I thought was interesting was I mentioned last week when we were at the game, we ran into a bunch of people that we knew from Forest Hills that were there for a birthday party, things like that. Um, My middle son ended up spending the night at one of the, the people's houses that were at the game this weekend. And they, this was Friday, they were going on and on about the game last Saturday and they said, look, we are not sports people. We don't go to like pirates, penguins, anything like that. We don't really follow professional teams. Her son was like, I need to get some riverhounds gear. Like we got to go back to the game. And so she's like telling her husband, like, we got to go, we're going to go, we're going to go sit in the supporter section. Like it was the most fun they've had out in Pittsburgh in a long, long time. And so, again, it's just that whole idea of if you can get people there, the the atmosphere and everything is just it's so much that you could just get this return of people over and over again. So it's it's sort of on, you know, the five thousand that were there for the home opener to go and tell their friends and get, you know, two thousand more or whatever it is and, and just keep growing it that way. Yeah. Um, and also kind of
3: keep it on the, the narrative of the, the field of the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. I kind of want to talk about the turf because i i was surprised how the game played out it didn't look like it was affecting the turf as much as i thought it would i didn't see the ball you know skidding to a halt or anything like that or like giant bounces it was i was pretty impressed it seemed like you know the game wasn't as bad as it could have been uh especially last year's turf or you know if it was a natural grass field and we would have had you know Uh, drainage issues where you see giant pools in the middle of the field so it it was it was nice to see that at least hold up and and stay consistent in this game so just shout out to you know the new
0: turf here's a question for both of you uh you're in the whatever it was 88th minute ball comes crossing in you're christian valeski are you trying to make that kick that he did to try to put it in the back of the that net? That's so cool. If that would have gone in. I'm just saying, like,
2: <laughs> it,
3: it wasn't, like, I, I don't feel like he was, like, showboating that. I feel like that was, like, hey, it's a weird angle. I'm going to try to flick it. And it almost went in. It, yeah. How different would this game felt if that would have gone in? Like, how how, yeah. how different would we be talking about this? You know, those those few 100 people or, you know, less than 1,000 people at the stadium, you know, they could have had a story to tell about, you know, they stuck it out, and this is what they were rewarded with.
0: Ah, so close. I mean, Highmark Stadium would have been in, like, top 10 sports center back-to-back yeah, Right. after, you know, the Angulo goal and then that, yeah. But, like, that... <sighs> Never even want my mind. I would be like, oh, somebody's behind me. They're going to get it. And he's like, no, nah, I got this. That's cool. <sighs> Which, I mean, just you <sighs> we'll talk about him for a little bit. Is
3: I didn't realize that he was injured. That's why he wasn't playing. Um, so hearing that on the uh, the broadcast that he has had an injury, and if, either that or I forgot all about it. I can't remember. But uh, <laughs> just that explains a lot because, yeah, when he comes in, it does feel kind of different, and it does feel like he has something special going on. So I, I'm hoping he gets uh, –
2: completely fit here soon because yeah he's fun to watch i mean along those lines um you know if he is back and fully fit do you guys switch him out for brett next game i don't think so i i think brett still has a spot i don't think that's uh
3: necessarily where it's going i just think we'll see him sooner as a sub or you know
0: uh some variations going on forward yeah, I think that'll be interesting, is to sort of see how the lineups start to shake out again. Because, I mean, to start the season, Brett was sort of a sub. Like, he wasn't really getting minutes ahead yeah. of Veleski and Dos Santos. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Lily wants to do, having all three of them healthy. Um, you know, I also thought it was interesting, and Kev, you sort of touched on this a little bit on the last episode as well. I, maybe it was the last episode where we talked about Velarde. Um, I thought he came in and he had moments of... Mm. Game-changing—I uh, uh, don't want to say moves, but like he, there were uh, there were opportunities where he changed the game positively, and then there were also moments where he sort of showed that he is a rookie, and there were some mm-hmm. mistakes. Um, but he didn't allow the mistakes to deter the number of times that he could try to make those game-changing uh, opportunities, which was good. I want to keep seeing, yeah, I think, that. you know, you I think up, it's one of his best qualities get right back on the horse. Yeah, is the fact that
2: he can forget a mistake pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. So guys, anything else about this game in particular? I felt like it was a tough one to sort of, you know, watch. Analyze. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't even that it was that tough to watch. Like I thought that both teams competed. Well, like I think Lily said that both teams competed well. He didn't think it was a particularly good game, but both teams yeah. competed. Well, I'm looking forward to playing St. Louis again, hopefully in better conditions. Cause I think these are two teams that might match up pretty well um and and considering that we had the better chances you know sort of see down the road how we actually fare against them um in st louis
2: yeah my only other point was you know what lungard that's his third start in a row um so any kind of conversation we had earlier in the season of okay is it going to be morton lungard morton lungard you know i i I would be shocked it not shocked but i'd be surprised if morton started the next game i i think I don't know. I mean, but then again, you know, Lily likes to switch out. But I mean, it, unless Lungard has a bad game or gets injured, you know, I think it's quite reasonable for him to keep starting. And he's playing well.
3: Yeah, I, I think it was uh, an after-game interview uh, when Lungard started uh, twice in a row, and Lily clarified. He goes, "The first couple of games we were switching every other to see who was, you know, how they were playing, and now that that has been tested out, we kind of have our." our idea about who's starting and who's not. Now that could change just because of, you know, pre tryouts, for, not tryouts, but practices, you know, if someone is having a better week than the other, we might see more in start. But it sounded like uh, Lone Guard is the number one at this point. Uh, so that, that's kind of interesting because I don't know if that was always the plan or if that was, you know, something that got inaudible later on, <laughs> seeing the performances. So, yeah, according to Lily, yeah,
0: they kind of were using those first couple of games as a test. Yeah. So we'd love three, but we'll take the one, especially in the crappy weather um, and sort of, you know, pack things up and start looking ahead to Nashville. Um, guys, I, I sort of mentioned, I think I mentioned, we're sort of all over the place in this episode. There was a lot that sort of went on between the game and today. Um, one of the things we did, we've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we already actually talked about it on air, But it seems like as we get into the swing of things in the season, not that the show's become monotonous, but it very much becomes very formulaic where it's like, okay, we get on. We talk about the game for, you know, 40 minutes, spend 10 minutes previewing the next game and then we're out the door. Um, And so I thought it might be fun to try to mix it up a little bit and maybe introduce some other segments to the show and just keep things fresh. And so put out a poll on Twitter. We said if we were to add one new segment to the show each week, what should it be? Um, and gave people the option of non-soccer ramble, which, as we've already established, we're, we're not so good at. Good. So, no, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, we uh, Player interviews, which um, uh, Matt Polanski pointed out that we do a ton of player interviews already, which he likes, but, you know, not we don't necessarily need more player interviews. And then USL happenings and local non-hounds soccer. And we've talked a little bit, I think, off air about touching on some things in the USL that happen Um, That might have an impact on the hounds, but there is also the USL show where you can get some of that information as well. Local non-hound soccer got the most votes at 43%. So um, it's interesting. I think uh, as I was digging into it a little bit more this week, um, there's a lot that goes on that I think could make for really good interviews, really good stories, really good follows. You know, starting with Steel City FC, which is the women's team. Um, They kick off at the end of May and they play through June. Um, and they play over at Ellis School, which I believe is in Shady Side. So it might be really good to to get some of the players on, learn more about the team, get some publicity for that team. You have the Pittsburgh Hotspurs, who have signed Nikki Collarack and Kiesel Broom, both former Hounds players. They play in the NPSL, which is basically the same tier as USL League Two. It's not officially, but that's sort of the way that it's recognized. Um, they also kick off May, play through mid July. So both of the seasons are shorter than the Hounds, but I think. You know, something we could potentially do is maybe, like, take a month and say, like, okay, this month we're going to talk about Steel City FC. And this month we're going to talk about Hotspurs. And, you know, the Pitt, Duquesne, Robert Morris, all of their games are in the fall. So, like, we could always, you know, pick a month and do college games and have some of the college players on and just learn what it's like to be a college athlete, things like that. Um, Not not exclusively, right? Yeah, alongside. Not exclusively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, like, just – it's just, like, another segment to the show. Yeah. could be interesting. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, for myself,
3: I... I the hard part about this is I'm not as knowledgeable about these other leagues and I don't right. watch these other leagues and it's kind of hard to watch these other leagues. So because of the fact that they're not like airing on TV or streams and that kind of stuff, you kind of have to show up and be there to see most of these type of games. So that that's where it becomes a little bit difficult. So I do like the idea of us having people on who can kind of like educate us about those yeah. Uh, because yeah, we're, we're not going to be the you know resource for knowledge when it comes to these uh, other leagues and you know, other teams and so that's that's always been why I've been a little bit hesitant about like non hounds related stuff because it's like I just don't know. I am not gonna be a good yeah. resource for information. So I don't want you know the blind lead in the blind type of situation.
0: Yeah. No I fully agree. But I think this could be a good opportunity, like I said, to have some of the players on, have some of the coaches on, like like you said, educate us, educate the fans. Um so yeah, I think we're gonna give it a whirl. So we'll we'll start to build these segments in Um, Josh, you mentioned, uh, you know, things aren't streaming. Um, Just a little side, it was announced that all the U.S. Open Cups games are going to be streamed on ESPN Plus, which is awesome so excited for that um, so yeah. so needed i mean uh, now we're going to have an issue we're going to have uh, the
3: same thing we've seen with some lower league games where they they're not well attended it's going to be doubly so when it comes to an open cup game because it's the middle of the week but honestly this is one of those situations where the nerdy soccer side of me just like can't wait to see some lower league lower lower league soccer being played and Goliath and David stories happening
0: it's just so much fun yeah and And, you know, I it, what was interesting was looking at the uh, Pittsburgh Hotspurs schedule, their first match is against the Erie Commodores, who the hounds may end up facing in the first round or in the second round of the u s. Open Cup on May fourteenth. So um, nice. it's kind of cool because because we could potentially see them before they end up playing uh, the Hotspurs. Real quick, uh, I think the Steel Army put this out, but they they had a poll where it was, you know, in in the u s Open Cup, the hounds could either travel to Erie. Um, to play the Commodores, or have the Dayton Dutch Lions travel to Highmark. If you guys had your choice, would you rather see the Hounds go to Erie or see the, the Lions come to Highmark? Josh, what would you prefer? All right, as a fan... I really
3: like the way I always want to see the open cup play out is I want to see the smaller team host because I want the fans to be able to watch a team come in and kind of have that. Like, I feel like more people are going to show up to an Eries game when they're playing a higher division team, than people are going to show up to Pittsburgh to watch a lower division game. So as a fan and like kind of just like the business side of it, I always think it would be better for the, the lower league team to host but as a Hounds, <laughs> like like looking at what's best for the Hounds, yeah, it, they want to host. I mean, it's always best to play home. So in the end, I will say Dayton Dutch Lions would be better because it would also it'd be kind of cool to watch them again because we used to play Dayton Dutch Lion in this league, so it's kind of like a, a, a nerdy little, you know, hey, remember when type of game. But, uh, yeah, that, that's probably best for the Hounds. Kev, which
2: one Which one would you do? Yeah, I... I, I... Everything Josh said, I agree with. I don't want to repeat too much. You know, I, I think it's all spot on. Yeah, you want to you want to help like, you want to help grow the soccer community wherever you can, wherever it needs the most attention. And so yeah, away games like that is is always better when you have the big when you have the bigger team traveling to the smaller team. um But yeah, I want to see more games played at Highmark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be, I mean, that would be awesome if the U.S. Open Cup, at least for the first few rounds, if that was just the rule. Like, the whatever the team in the lower league is, they're the ones who host. I, yeah, um, that should be
3: one of the big things that change, I feel like. And also the second thing that should change is MLS should come in earlier so that way they're not just de facto kind of, like, waiting for all the other teams to beat each other up. And then, like, okay, now that yeah. they're all, you know, tired and, and got, like, only a couple left, out will we'll come in. Like, I want to see them come in a little bit earlier. And, uh, yeah, so... A couple things that could change, but at least we're getting all games streamed, which is a huge step forward.
0: Yeah, really, really excited about that, um, guys. I guess one other thing in terms of just the poll itself—was there anything there that surprised you, or anything else that you that you would personally like to have us? do some sort of segments that we work in from time to time. Cause it sounds like it's going to be local non-hounds soccer, maybe some random USL stuff peppered in there, but anything else that you'd like us to talk about? And Kevin, you can't say Liverpool. Um, <laughs> come on. Even I know better than to say.
2: That. <laughs> Unless Everton beat them then we can talk about that. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that.
3: But don't worry about that. So uh, yeah, I would, I would, Actually, I think it's kind of interesting, like, 43% to 37%, not that big of a difference uh, as far as USL happenings. And I do think it would be kind of nice when it it directly affects the hounds some way. Like, you know, like, I don't want to talk about USL happenings if it's just, oh, look, Vegas is being Vegas and did something stupid. Like, yeah, that's funny (laughs) to talk about, but that doesn't have to be a segment. But if it directly affects the hounds, or at least it has a, a, you know... Chance to affect them, but maybe some league
0: rule changes, that kind of stuff. I I do think that'd be good to talk about. Yeah, I agree. So keeping you out for that, we'll try to pepper some of this stuff in. And like I said, the you know, I think I think picking a month and saying this is Steel City FC month, and this is Hotspurs month, and you know, this is college month or whatever. I think. Be yeah, late. I mean,
2: and like on like what Josh said, I mean, like yeah, we don't know this, but at the same time, like we don't know the happenings of of soccer at these levels all around Pittsburgh. But yeah, I mean, it's, you help grow these areas when you give it attention and give it media coverage. So, I mean, I know it's weird to say like, Oh, we're media or whatever. But, I mean, we kind of are. I mean, we, we, we talk about soccer and people listen to it and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the more, the more we can put a spotlight on these things, you know, like it or not, there's going to be more attention about it. So I know, I think it's great. I'm, I'm excited to, to, get myself informed about all the stuff that's happening around Pittsburgh.
0: I mean, Kev, you sent me a video, I think it was last week, was it Copa 90 and how they're devoting their entire staff to everything related to the women's world cup that's coming up because they feel that it's being undercovered. Um, not that we're doing the same thing, but this is an opportunity to do something similar where it's, yeah, there are other teams playing and, uh, you know, they could use some coverage and, and, and a boost. And so let's do it. Let's, let's talk about them. And And it's, yeah, I
2: mean, I don't know. I think most fans are like this. I mean, sure, it, there's a reason why people like watching Messi and Ronaldo's because they're incredible. But, I, I mean, I would argue that that's a portion of why we like soccer. A large portion of it is also. is just the story and narrative that evolve out of individual games, out of the entire season around things. So, I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be the greatest level, but, you know, it could be exciting it could be really exciting the things that happen on the, on the field at the local level um, you know you can you can get attached to, to storylines and story arcs over the course of a season or over the course of a game and that's that's just as exciting uh, a lot of the times as watching you know some people just pass it around really well so <laughs> i think that there's a lot of validity to to watch you know the, you don't just have to watch the best you know quote unquote best technical players in the world or whatever there's a lot of other reasons to watch soccer at a lot of different levels
0: yeah speaking of a lot of different levels and in, in non-hound soccer um earlier this evening we caught up with matt of south oakland united so that team that we sponsor that we've talked about um let's see what he had to say we want to learn a little bit more about the team had him in and was had a great discussion let's uh, let's listen in matt welcome to the show hi
1: thank you guys uh thanks for having me on
0: no absolutely we're, we're excited to hear all about what you guys got going on with uh, south oakland united so start off you know Give us and give the listeners a background on the team. How long have you guys been a team? How would you get started? All of that.
1: Um, well, that's thanks for asking. Um, this is actually our fourth season in the uh, GPSL, the Greater Pittsburgh Soccer League. Um, our captain, uh, and like sort of our manager and kind of a captain of everything that goes on in the background, uh, Josh Salmon, uh, he, he's, he's our keeper. And he actually played for another squad out of Newcastle uh, for like six years. And then he kind of decided to start his own club. Uh, once he got to law school and he kind of met uh, a ton of pretty quality players in law school, actually, not myself, but um, a bunch of guys in law school who were pretty athletic. So um, they basically kind of put this team together uh, and kind of hit the ground running. Uh, they, they started out in the G P S L, the League One, so kind of like a third tier, uh, if you kind of think of it in the same sense as, you know, the, the English system. Um, and then they were pro- we were promoted to the championship division by the second year, and we kind of teetered around anywhere within that kind of system or that league uh, for the last few years. So uh, this is kind of a solid core of lads who have been on that team, but um, we've kind of taken uh, some pretty good strides in the last few years. And I personally, this is my second year, um, but I'm I'm really loving it. It's a lot of fun.
2: Quick clarification question. When you say Newcastle, do you mean England or (laughs) – Oh, sorry, Newcastle, PA. Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I figured, but then you talk about you know, the English system and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we brought um, some quality players. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's what's the connection with South Oakland? Um, do many of the players live there or have lived there at one time?
1: but uh, it's, it's kind of a loose connection. Um, again, a lot of the guys he met uh, when he was at law school uh, at Pitt, um, coincidentally. So, I mean, because it's in South Oakland, it kind of was more so because of where the location of the school was. Um, But a bunch of the guys were from the Pittsburgh area. It kind of had this pit connection, um, and it kind of has this kind of ring to it. it. So S-O-U-F-C kind of sounds cool. Um, And we try and play our games at Shenley Park, which is located kind of in that South Oakland sort of squirrel hill area.
0: Have you ever personally lived in South Oakland?
1: No, me personally, I'm a Southside kid. Um, I went to Duquesne, actually, um, and I actually met one of the other players, uh, George Pesos, uh, who's another Pitt law student. Uh, but he went to undergrad who came with me. So, um, he kind of was like, I, I stuck around after I graduated. So, um, he pretty much was like, Hey, do you want to play on the team? So I was like, yeah, why not? So cool. Cool group of guys. So,
0: yeah, well, I won't hold that against you. Um, you know, going to college <laughs> at Pitt, uh, spent a few parties in South uh, Oakland and, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm a little familiar with the area. So yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah. It's a little rivalry. That's okay. That's healthy. <laughs>
3: So in addition to having uh, us as a sponsor, it looks like you guys also have Labatt Blue as a sponsor. How do you guys snag that one?
1: Yeah, we actually, that's actually really funny. We had, in addition to you guys, we, we put out some like feelers um, to a couple of whatever connections, you know, the, the team and the, the guys and like their professional lives might have, personal or whatever, uh, to kind of alleviate the cost. You know, I mean, it's pretty pricey because we don't have free play. So it's, you know, 14 games of league fees. Others uh, we had to pay for the refs, field fees, jerseys, kind of take the toll, um, and like paying all that out of pocket didn't seem too fun. So um, one of our squad members kind of had a connection at Lebat. Uh, I think it was a friend um, who had been trying to sponsor a softball team. Actually, um, I think he was in the area too, um, but I guess our team was a little bit better of a fit in the end. So we got that locked down too. So I'm hoping for some free some free beers after games.
2: So I mean you've already talked about it a bit, but for those who aren't familiar with the GPSL, I think I got that right. Um, which yeah, is me. Yeah. I, I I live in Knoxville, not, I've never never been around it. How how serious is the league? I mean, like what's the level like if you can and it's kind of weird to describe like the level at which you guys play, but how seriously do you guys take it? Is this is this something where you guys are training during the week or do you just kinda of meet up once a week and have fun? Like how what's what's the level like? How serious do you guys take it? Uh,
1: it's kind of a, there's a nice little scale. Like there's a, there's a big gap between some of the teams and some of the players even um, there's some, we have some guys ranging from former D1 players. Um, and then there's some guys who didn't really play on any organized teams before. Um, we've been, our team personally, we try and practice at least once a week um, and then our games on the weekend. Now, I mean, everyone has full-time jobs for the most part. So getting that time sometimes doesn't always work out, um, but we we sometimes we we look at it as having a good time kind of thing like play around like don't take it too seriously but at the same time we do uh, I mean I'm pretty sure Pitt has a club team that they have in our and they had in our division last season but they ended up winning the championship so I think they got moved up to the the first division but um you know there's a there's a pretty there's some quality in the league which is really nice um and I think this year in particular we have uh, one of our new strikers Kimo who I think used to play. Uh, or he saw some time on professional rosters, um, but that's that's usually pretty rare in the league. But it's it's around that D former D one um, could have played D three kind of guys, but now are out of college or whatever and want somewhere to play.
3: Awesome. So uh, as far as this season goes, have you guys officially played your first game yet? Uh, if so, how'd it go? Um,
1: not yet. We were supposed to last weekend, but we um, got canceled because of uh, thunderstorms. Um, We got, it got canceled at the last second. So, but we play this weekend. I think our first game is
0: nice. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's, you know, go from the broad talking about the team and let's talk about you specifically. So obviously you mentioned it's a pretty long season runs from April to at least September, potentially October, um, you know, you, you mentioned that everybody has sort of nine to five jobs. You're playing ball competitive, competitively on the weekend. What's your secret, man? Like, how do you balance it all? You know, are you, are you going into work like beat up the next day and people are questioning what's going on? How, how's it, how's it play out for like you? Like fight club? What are you trying no, to say? I'm about? just saying, you know, I've, I've played in just like adult, not even like pickup leagues, but like adult summer leagues. And I'm going in like limping and like bruised and Yeah. <laughs> Lots of cramping.
1: um, (laughs) Um, uh, I'd say, well, it does help this year in particular. uh, We added a lot of guys um, and and, uh, we try and keep like over 20 on the roster. And I I think we're hovering around 24 this season. Uh, So having depth, it definitely helps, um, but it does take a toll. I mean, um, I try and stay in shape. I try and run once or twice a week. um, And like, I have a dog, so he kind of helps. But like, and then I try and lift when I can, but I mean, I'm usually exhausted when I come back, and it usually takes maybe like two or three days uh, after a game for me to be like, all right, i'll 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 hit the gym again this time. But um, I thought that it was gonna be a lot worse, I'll be honest, um, once I first started playing, mostly because it's in the summer, but um, I don't know. you have like a you have a good group of guys and when you start to like get into the season, honestly, the beginning sucks more because you're obviously getting back into shape and getting your touch back. Um, but on top of that, it's also like, once you kind of get comfortable with your team you're not like killing yourself as much in the game even if it's like a more competitive game or like you feel like you're running more it's just kind of like oh well like you know i'm not chasing the ball as much because like my uh my counterpart on the other side didn't like take it too heavy of a touch kind of thing because he's used to the ball now so um that kind of helps once people kind of get in the swing of things um but yeah it can take a toll people get injured and you have to replace them as you go and sometimes you have to like it's not as uh, serious of a league where, like, if someone got seriously injured and, like, our roster was becoming too small that we couldn't, like, uh, add another person uh, before a certain point if we
2: needed to. I mean, it sounds like it takes up a lot of your time. I mean, do you have any other time for hobbies? What do you do when you're not playing uh, for South Oakland?
1: Uh, I try and hang out with my girlfriend as much as I can. Um, she's going to be up in my room in, like, a second, so I hope she heard that. Um <laughs> And uh, I have a dog, too, so I try and spend time with him. And then um, uh, whenever I can, just going out with my friends and kind of, you know, taking, taking the team off from work and, you know, maybe having a few
3: a few pints here and there. <laughs> so according to the roster, you're a defender. Are you more of like the stay-at-home center
1: back, or do you run the wings? Like, how do you play? Oh, I run the wings. I play left back for, uh, primarily. Um, that's kind of how I started uh, back in high school. Well, since I was little, um, my my older brother was a goalkeeper. Um, for a number of years, and he played in college. So he needed someone to shoot on him, and then I kind of realized that uh, I wasn't the best finisher. So I kind of stayed back and stuck pretty much with the defense. Um, but every once in a while, I come up on the on the outside and attack a little bit more. That's usually where I stay.
0: Awesome, awesome. So as you mentioned, you, know, you guys have a game coming up this Sunday at 6 at Chenley Oval. How are you feeling about the match?
1: I'm so excited. Um, like I said, last weekend it got canceled, so we were kind of bummed about that. But uh, we definitely feel like we have a better squad this year. Um, We're playing against uh, the Spearmint Rhinos, who are – we we played them last season. Uh, We lost 3-0 to them the first time around and then drew them 1-1. And we both lost in the first round of the playoffs, actually, were three and four seeds, and they take the top four. Um, And they had us by three points in, like, the the actual um, league table. Um, So one of the things that we definitely want to change about this year is like not being a second half team. We kind of were last season uh, and every season since we've kind of like, um, kind of had to crawl out of a bit of a hole to kind of make the playoffs. Um, but last season we didn't win a game for the first six. So we didn't grab three points till our seventh game. Um, but we only ended up conceding 19. So like defense were relatively strong. Uh, and, those, and out of the 1911 came at like the first five games. So the next, like whatever it was, I think 12 or something like that. We only conceded, uh, eight goals or something like that so we played pretty well once we kind of hit our stride and we're hoping that this year we didn't change too much about our squad we're hoping that like we'll be able to grab the win against them but um i'm pretty excited they're they're like a very equal to us so it's going to be a good game
2: so two two final very quick questions um yeah it, it it seems like it's a pretty natural thing to do for teams like for teams like you guys in leagues like this to have like a bar or pub around the area that you would go to after the game. Do you guys have a dedicated bar and pub? And, um, you know, if people are around the area, is there like, you know, is, is it easy to like get down and just like kind of hang around on the sidelines and watch the game? Like, would that be weird? Would it be noticeable if like strangers just kind of walked up <laughs> and started watching your game? Like, is that a, like what is you know, what's what's it like to as, as just a random fan to come down and just watch some soccer?
1: Um, you're seeing, it looks a little bit like a Sunday. It's a Sunday league, but like, it, it kind of looks like it a little bit. Um, it depends on the field. Um, we play in Shenley Oval a lot, which is like kind of like a big park. So like, it, it wouldn't be weird if you, if like, you know, some people just showed up and started watching. Um, but and this, and there's some turf fields and there's some of the lights, uh, fields that we actually play on around the city. So if you be a good time if, if anyone wanted to come by and watch us play, uh, feel free. That's kind of our home turf up the Shenley Oval. But, um, as, as for a bar, um, I don't think we have like one in particular. Um, we kind of bopped around in uh, Lawrenceville before. I know a couple of people have gone to like industry. One of the older players who uh, used to play for us, he just left. He used to be a, um, a liquor rep actually in the city, so he would kind of get to go wherever he wanted, and he would kind of just invite us to the game or to uh, to the places after the games. So I'm hoping that in like I'm hoping this year we kind of decide to place, So that that would be a good goal for this season.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. That's Sunday, 6 p.m., Shenley Oval. Show up with your TIFOs and your flags and cheer on South Oakland United. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be an awesome time. Yeah, exactly. Matt, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, best of luck this weekend. Best of luck this season. We're going to have to touch base with you guys a couple times over the course of the season just to see how you're, going, how you're doing. Everybody, be sure to go check out South Oakland United, United FC on Twitter at S-O-U-F-C-2. Matt, thanks again, man. This was great.
1: Thank you so much, too. Thank you for anyone who's listening or anyone who's able to make the games. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of the day to, uh, to talk to us. That means
0: a lot. Absolutely, man. So again, thanks to Matt for joining us. Uh, great stuff. Really excited to see how the team does this season. And again, you know, it's great. You know, if you, if you have an opportunity Sunday, you got nothing going on Sunday night, head over to Shenley Oval at 6 p.m. First of all, it's a fantastic area. Um, you have the park there. You get the great view of the city. Um, there's always tons going on over there, and you know, you can watch the guys play and and let us know how they how they look. It'd be great to get an outsider's perspective, um, you know, just to give some feedback and maybe take some pictures. So, yeah, if you're around, go check it out for sure. Guys, um, Nashville comes to town this weekend, 7 p.m. Saturday. This was a team that I think coming into the season, a lot of people were expecting to sort of be the, the top dogs. Not to say that they won't finish that way, but they haven't had the, the greatest start to the season. Right now they only have one more point than we do with the same number of games. This past weekend, they lost to Charleston Battery 3-1. to um, I don't know if anybody else saw any of that game. I, it, I immediately thought that Rebecca Lowe was calling the game. It was actually kind of funny. I was like, this, wait, this is in Charleston? <laughs> what? Um, Nashville's goal came off a PK in the 88th minute. So they were down 3-0 until the 88th minute. and Otherwise, their defense looked extremely suspect. I mean, it, it was just the case where Charleston was just making runs in behind them all day and and getting opportunities. So I don't know what to think about this one. Justin is going to catch up with our friends from Speedway Soccer later this week to get their take on basically what happened against Charleston and what they expect to happen in Pittsburgh. Um, He had fully lined up an interview with our buddy Phil Grooms to talk about the St. Louis game last week, and then Phil had to cancel at the very last minute. So apologies for not getting that out. But um, we do intend to have one, like I said, with the Speedway guys to talk about Nashville this week. Guys, um, you know – how are you feeling about this game? Kev, you were... I shouldn't say you were confident, but you know, going into this, it sounded like you were feeling we got three points in this one. Are you still feeling that way? I mean, confident is an interesting word. Um,
2: I No, yeah, I, I think... I, I expected us to maybe drop points in the St. Louis game, and because of it, maybe we have a reaction to that result and play better in the Nashville game or whatever. You know, it, it just... Just as I mentioned that with our result, I think, unfortunately, it, it's weird. You can spin the Charleston-Nashville result where they lost 3-1 to one away um, in either direction. You can say, oh, great, this is, this is great. They're, they're not in form. They just lost You 3-1. Know, three, three, they scrapped a goal at the very end. But then you can also say, well, with all the expectation around them and the expectation they put on themselves, I'm sure – they're gonna want to react, and they're gonna say, you know, they they can't they can't lose again, three one. You know, I mean, that would, that would be like devastating and all that kind of stuff. So, I think I think it's gonna be tough. I, I think it's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna, it would be more difficult if we were playing this game away because it just adds more incentive to want to, you know, have a reaction in front of your home fans and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, I think playing at Highmark is gonna be a big benefit. I'm really interested to see how. I don't know, how the control of the game plays out. I mean, because, you know, they played, they played against Charleston. They had, you know, 63% possession, 80% accuracy. I mean, numbers that we haven't been able to hit yet this season and over 500 passes. Once again, numbers we haven't been able to hit this season. So, and that was a way. That wasn't, wasn't home, and they were playing against a good Charleston side. So, they're I mean, they're not going to be afraid to put their foot on the ball and try to keep it and control it. And I think simultaneously that's something we've been trying to do at Highmark as well so I mean this this could shape up to be a really good game my only hope is I hope we I don't know unless Lily think this is the best way to get at Nashville I hope that we don't revert and play defensively maybe into Nashville's hands I want to see us be dominant in this game as well and you know kind of go toe-to-toe with them and and try to attack and try to press and try to get possession Um, I think that's going to be the best way to break them down
0: Josh, what are you thinking about this game?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a winnable game, I think.
3: It's it's a Nashville that is having some issues early on. They're trying to find their feet. They're they're I feel like expectations for Nashville are so high just because of the fact that they are going to MLS and you, you kinda had this whole storyline already planned out for them that they're gonna have a very similar trajectory that uh Cincy had. That's you know, it's like, oh, this is the year they're gonna have all these big players signed, they're gonna they're going to steamroll this league and head into MLS champions. Um, that's not how it's been playing out. And honestly, it, it's, it's one of those things where maybe the expectations were just too high and uh, now they're trying to figure it out. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for us. I would rather play national now than later on, like as far as, uh, you know, a game to, to look out for. So this is a, a winnable game and I'm glad it's at home and, It should be, it's looking like it's going to be good weather, so we're not going to have another repeat of, you know, the monsoon that we had last week.
0: Um, So, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. This is one, Kerr is still one assist away from being the all-time team leader, so if he picks up an assist in this one, he will become the all-time team leader, which is awesome. The Hounds are in a five-game unbeaten streak, ten games unbeaten at high mark. Um, I don't know if it's a team or the league like to tout that, you know, the five game unbeaten streak is the best in the USL at this point, which again, we played six games. So like, yeah. Um, but that's good. I think cause I, you know, I predicted in the off season that we would go until June being unbeaten. And then we lost in the first game. So if we don't lose again until June, I'm going to feel slight vindication <laughs> that I was at least close because we only lost in that first game and, and we've been perfect since. So, um, so yeah, but I'm 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 with you guys. I think this is the time to play Nashville, um, and I think the fact that we're at home uh, is is to our benefit. And I would like us to see. I would like to see us take it to them. It, it'll be interesting to see if we do push the game as much as we did against St. Louis and really try to sort of you know every time we lose the ball we try to win it back immediately or based on what the battery we're able to do if we don't try to work more off of counterattacks which we've seen that we've had some success on we haven't always scored on the counterattacks but our counterattack can generate quality opportunities and that's sort of what bit them um against the battery was those just quick runs in behind and 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 they're off to the races so
2: i'd like to see what you guys think about the lineup um who do you think will start uh i'll just i'll quickly kind of knock out some names here i mean i don't think anyone's changing lungard I don't think anyone's changing anyone in the back line, presumably. Dover Greenspan out of A. James, all of those are starters. Um, then it gets interesting. I still think Dos Santos is one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, and then so you're left with uh, five more in the midfield slash attack. Who do you guys
0: think uh, plays? I mean, I'll say... As much as I think Brett should start, I could see Valeski getting the start in this one if he's healthy. Just because I, st- I don't think Brett's been that great this season. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think Brett's I think Brett's been okay, but I think that Brett's main role has not been to run those channels. He's been sitting in behind Dos Santos and waiting for the ball to come to him, whereas it feels like Valeski's role is much more run the lanes, get behind I the agree, defense, yeah. which is what works so well for the battery. So I could see Valeski getting a start assuming he's healthy in this one. Um, okay josh i took that one who do you start i think one of the other questions is do we see another situation
3: where we have velarde starting or not and i after that performance last game i don't think we do i don't think that changes uh i got I a feeling it's gonna be very similar to what we saw for st louis uh because i feel like both those teams are teams that y- you would expect lily to have a little bit more caution for and i like uh, I don't know if that was caution that he put out that lineup, but that's what it ended up being. So I would expect to see a very similar lineup from last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think, yeah. Funky, Zeal, Forbes, probably starting. Kerr, as much as, I mean, you know, it's, hey, he's been, Kerr's been playing fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have no problem starting him. and um,
0: That's, that's going to be an audio <laughs> drop. <'cause
2: laughs> um,
0: it went from he had the best game, he's playing fine. Uh, he's not playing terrible. <laughs>
2: And so I, I, th- I think the only I think the only names that could switch out from the St. Louis game are potentially Dabo and Brett. I, I think you you have the option to do something there. You could bring in Valesky. You could bring in Velarde, um, depending on how you want to play it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if Dabo stays and and maybe Brett gets switched out for Valesky or, or Velarde. But I mean, I, I think it is interesting though. I, I don't know. I, this could be me kind of projecting memories incorrect memories back on last season. But I, I I recall a lot more chopping and changing from game to game last season. And this season, it feels pretty solid. Like our back four isn't changing. Funky, Zeal, Forbes, and Kerr are pretty much playing every game. DeSantis is playing every game. It's one or two switches here or there, um, which I'm I'm happy about. I, I think the more these players play with each other on the field and get used to it and, and get get to understand with their runs
0: and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're only going to get better. Well, and I think coming into the season, we spent a lot of time talking about the depth and how the first and second and third player off the bench is better than what we had last year. But I also think that we might have had more talent at each of the low at each position, so that Lily might have felt more comfortable rotating. You know, like we had Hugh Roberts, and so you would have situations where Hugh Roberts would work his way into the back three. I, I don't know who you put in for Adewale or Greenspan at this. Def- point. Well yeah,
2: I mean I don't think we've seen enough, right? I mean like yeah, I right. I, I we've seen enough of Velarde and Valesky and maybe Noah Frankie. But I mean, if you look at the bench for the for the, you know, pretty much all of our previous games, we we just haven't seen them. So it's it's hard it's hard to judge. Um, so yeah, I was going to say I agree with you. I think we do have a good, you know, first second and and probably even third substitution but if injuries start coming into play or if or if fitness starts to come into play and we need to kind of make significant changes at the beginning and then still have to look to our bench i think the four, you know the fourth or fifth chair on the bench starts to get a little i just you know a lot of question marks get raised i cuz we haven't seen them in action yet so that i mean that could be a slight worry i think going forward i just don't know the strength of our squad depth yet um could be great but we just haven't seen enough kind of evidence for it
3: Yeah, I think where it comes down to is I I feel like our depth uh, in the forward position, midfield position is better than it has been in the past but our backline depth is not there as much, or at least I don't know for sure if it's there. Because like, like you're saying, like Uzo, I don't know yeah. if Uzo is, you know, well, I don't know what he has to offer us, as, really. So it's it, there's not a lot of names on that uh, substitution list from last game, for example, that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen when he comes in. <laughs> so, yeah, except for when it comes to our mid-slash forwards, like, the, then I kind of feel like uh, Lardy and Vleski are two awesome subs to have.
0: Score predictions, guys. What do you think? Josh, I'm going to start with you because you talked last.
3: Uh, Lily special. We haven't seen it yet, have we? I don't think we've had a 1-0 yet. I don't think so. So, yeah, we're going to go for the half pepperoni, half cheese. Perfect. Kevin?
2: I really don't know. <laughs> we, we got think- a clean sheet. We can do it again. We can do it again. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I think I think we are playing pretty well at home, and I think we are in a – yeah, we're in a pretty good run of form. I, I mean, I, I, I five games unbeaten, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a little diluted because of all the draws and everything. But I think, you know, we played really well against Hartford. You know, we, we obviously got the win against Louisville and I think played pretty well against Louisville. And, uh, and I, yeah, played relatively well against St. Louis. I'm, so I don't think there's any reason for us to be expecting anything
0: less than a draw. I, could, I, I wouldn't be shocked if a draw happens, but I'll say 2-1. I'm going to go ahead and say Lily special as well. We had one other Lily special and that was in Louisville. Oh, That's right. We won one nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we had one, but I couldn't remember. So, you know, we had talked about sort of after the first three games, the Hounds were averaging two goals against per game. Uh, Over the last three, we've only given up a goal. So like, not that we're saying everything is fixed, but against Louisville and St. Louis, two teams that are going to be near the top of the table at the end of the season. That's, Pretty darn good, um, so yeah, I'm. I think if we go one nothing and we keep that that uh, that streak going, we may have right, righted the ship. Righted, righted, rot? Nah, it's not rot. <laughs> um, anyway, after this match, guys, the hounds hit the road, so we won't see them again at Highmark until May 25th, which may or may not be true depending on how the whole U.S. Open Cup shakes out. But May 4th, we're heading to Charleston. May 14th, we have the Open Cup. Like we said, we'll either be in Erie or we'll be back in Pittsburgh. And then the 18th, we'll be in Memphis. So uh, absolutely get down. Check out the Hounds. This is going to be a great game. Um, and like I said, we got the preview coming up with Justin later this week to get uh, to get more details from the Speedway guys. so that'll be great. Um, real quick, I mentioned on Twitter that we had an announcement about Golden Goal Press uh, and BGN slash Mongols stuff. So, um, as you may have heard in the intro, we now have a new sponsor, which is Golden Gold Press. Um, the the slight backstory behind that is, um, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time doing stuff just for BGN, not related to Mongols. And one of the things that I was really focusing on this offseason earlier this year was sort of going out and getting more sponsors for BGN. But I was also really particular about the type of sponsors that we got because. Um, I don't want to like be doing advertisements for like mattresses um, or or, like things that you guys really don't want and or need. Um, So it was very selective with the type of companies that I reached out to in the first place. And, uh, and what we realized was that, you know, we feel that we have something that's very unique with Mongols. We have something that's very unique with BGN and, uh, and, and we believe in it and we believe in all of you. And so, Rather than trying to, you know, find another company that's out there that's going to meet everybody's needs, we just figured, you know, we sort of are in touch with the fan base. We're in touch with you guys locally. We know that every other show is in touch with their fan bases locally. We said, you know, let's just create our own business. And so Golden Gold Press is literally a new business that we created. Um, It's a print shop where, you know, custom T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, flags, uh, drink holders, Uh, bags, bathing suits, underwear, shoes, jewelry, literally you name it, like shower curtains, like we can print on it. Um, And so if you you have anything in mind in terms of, if there's just one shirt, if you have an idea that you just want something for yourself, hit up goldengoldpress.com, submit it. We'll get it printed. Cheapest place you can get stuff online. And I don't mean in quality. The quality is going to be up there, but we've sort of looked around and seen what everybody else, you know, like Cafe Press and Custom Ink and all of that, what they're doing. Um, and uh, and we said we could do that cheaper, we can provide a better service for people, and so that's what we're doing. Um, so goldengoldpress.com, um, they are the new sponsors for BGN along with Roughneck, uh, and so to kick things off with them, one of the uh, the giveaways that we did a few years ago that people still come up and ask us about because they want them is the Mongols hat, um, where it's just a black hat with the Mongols logo, gold embroidered on it. Got one printed, and we're gonna give it away for free. So to, to get get yourself entered for that just go to twitter follow at golden goal press on twitter and tweet at them the hashtag mongols um and so we'll basically take a look at everybody who does that and before the next game we will pick a winner and you will get yourself a free mongols hat and with that do we do
3: we have a storefront yet for uh, our podcast on mongols or is that happening still
0: Yes, we do. So I just I just finished linking everything up this morning. So if you go to mongols.com and you scroll down the page, or if you know you're on this, if you're listening to this show right now online, not on your podcast player, if you just scroll down the page, um, you'll see a link that that says Mongols Gear. Click on it. We've got uh, all sorts of stuff there. We're gonna be adding stuff regularly. The um, uh the the uniform that we wore for the Peace on the Pitch event is there. We have um Josh's uh victory beverage mugs. So excited and, for the victory uh, beverage. Okay, sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's really all I cared about. It. <laughs> That's all you really wanted to hear. We have uh the lily ball bags and tanks, and uh yeah, so there's just a ton of stuff over there, and we're gonna be adding more, like I said, as especially as it gets as it gets warmer, as it gets colder, and people tell us, hey, we really would like this on a shirt or on a tank top or on a I don't know shoes I literally the list of things is just it just goes on and on. So if you have any thoughts of anything you want to see anything printed on just head over to goldengoldpress.com, click on get started and we will definitely hook you up. So um shameless plug there but we also think that it's something that uh could really benefit people um and save you a lot of money. So go check that out for sure. Um, Guys, I oh man, we were all over the place on this one, both literally and figuratively. Uh, I guess anything else on this one before we it's wrap? Good. It it's up? good. It's good.
2: Eight percent of the people
0: wanted us to ramble, so like we got <laughs> give the people what they want. Eight yeah. percent. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, let's close this one up. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer, custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're looking for more great Riverhound news, head over to BGN.FM. Click on the Hound's logo, though you'll find our stuff, other stuff people are writing, all that great stuff's over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at Mongols at BGN.FM, at Pod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon.
2: Cheers.
3: Later.